0: Adrian Griffin is toast. The Milwaukee Bucks fire Adrian Griffin. Only about 40 games and change into the season. Let's see their record. It's 30-13, and 13, 43 games into the season. They are second place in the Eastern Conference. Three and a half games back of the Boston Celtics. One half game. A half game ahead of the 76ers, who are in the third, who have won six games in a row, by the way. And then... Uh, a couple more games in front of the Cavaliers who have won eight games in a row. So things are definitely a little competitive in the Eastern Conference. You have the Celtics and the Bucks winning their last two games, the Sixers with their last six, the Cavaliers winning their last eight, and then the Knicks in fifth place winning their last four. So you have the top five seeds in the Eastern Conference winning a combined total of 22 straight games between those five teams. So a lot of competition there, and the Bucs looked at that, and the Bucs looked at their team and their expectations for where they plan to go in the rest of this season, in the playoffs, their championship aspirations, and they said, we've had enough. Adrian Griffin hasn't managed to figure out how to make them as absolutely successful as they could be on the offensive side of the ball, not running enough pick-and-roll with Giannis and Damian Lillard when they do it, it's pretty successful, but they don't do it enough, and definitely they have been one of the worst teams in the league on the defensive side. Part of that you expect, because you traded for Damian Lillard you got rid of Drew Holiday, but they gotta do a little bit better job than that they gotta do a better job than what they are currently doing, and you would hope that with all the information that they already know when they brought in Damian Lillard, that he's gonna be great on offense and it's gonna be tough on defense you would think that Adrian Griffin coming in, knowing exactly what the situation is that he's stepping into, would be able to account for that. That would probably be my number one goal, if I was the head coach, would be we have Giannis. We just brought in a weaker defender than what Giannis is used to at the point guard position, so what can I do? What type of scheme can I establish in order to get the most out of our defense? Because when you have Giannis and you have Damian Lillard and you have Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez and other pieces as well, you're gonna outscore most teams, even when you play poor defense, right? They're thirty and thirteen currently. They they win seven hundred. You know they're, they're they win seventy percent of their games right now, even with the poor defense. So you would think, let's just make the defense go from poor to average, and then you'll be set. You'll probably be first in the East if you can get that done. And that's where they want to be, and that's why they fired Adrian Griffin, and now they're looking to bring in Doc Rivers. Very interesting. Because Milwaukee, they won their one championship. They won their one championship so far. And they, they did it with, uh, with Coach Bud. But what they're looking to do is not come up short in the playoffs. And if you are bringing in a coach who resembles in a lot of ways exactly the failures in the playoffs, look no further than Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers has given up some of the most incredible leads he, he's he's the king of being up 3-1 in the playoffs and then losing so you're considering bringing him in perhaps a suspect decision but look you you made the wrong hire at the beginning of the season you should have brought in nick nurse nick nurse has a lot of common sense he knows most importantly when to play man when to play zone when to call timeouts how to sub his players in how to sub his players out at the right times These are some of the simplest but most important tasks that a head coach is going to have to do, and Adrian Griffin wasn't able to do this. Nick Nurse would have been a fantastic hire at the beginning of the season. This was talked about a great deal. It was common knowledge. Nick Nurse should be the guy, but no, Giannis Antetokounmpo pushed. He wanted Adrian Griffin. Adrian Griffin was his guy, and the Milwaukee Bucks conceded to their superstar, and they brought in Adrian Griffin. Fast forward 43 games into the season, just over half the season gone, and now they have to scramble and try to find a replacement. Doc Rivers, the guy with probably the most experience, best suited for the job, but also a guy who has come up short in the playoffs many, 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 many times and definitely not achieving the potential that a lot of his teams had. Giving up 3-1 victories means you were one game away. You could have, If you won three games already, there's no reason you couldn't have won the fourth game. You know, they couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. So, uh, Milwaukee, disappointing first 43 games. And I was arguing, even though they're in second place in the East, I was arguing about this with a friend of mine, a nice little spirited discussion, and he was saying, Adrian Griffin didn't do anything wrong. They're second place in the East. What if you would have looked at the Miami Heat when they got LeBron and Wade and Bosh all on the same team and they didn't have a, a good first 30 games of the season, should you have fired Eric Spolstra? And I just think there's too many differences between that situation and this one. That was a situation where you're bringing in a bunch of players who never played with each other before. LeBron, Wade, Bosh, all together. And that's just a completely different team. And it's going to take time to bring in three new guys. Okay, one of them was there already, but to bring in, to bring in uh, you know, a player like LeBron, who you, where you're switching the best player on the team. There's a lot to figure out there, and you're going to earn yourself a little bit more leeway. Here, it's very different. Because you didn't change your best player. You didn't change Giannis, and you really didn't change your second best player in Middleton. I guess you did change your second best player because you upgraded from Middleton to Damian Lillard as your second best player. But you didn't change the, the top player. So a lot of what you're doing, and also what you're doing on the defensive end with Brook Lopez, hasn't changed. The focal point of the team hasn't changed. It's the second, it's the point guard who's changed. The three-point threat has changed. So it's not quite as much change as you had on that Miami Heat team. But also, it seems like Adrian Griffin lost the locker room. It seems like the players weren't happy. The players weren't bought into what Adrian Griffin was doing. They wanted to do things differently. They told Adrian Griffin they wanted to do things differently, and he seemed to be stubborn. So a combination of that of those different criteria, and Adrian Griffin is gone. And we'll see what what happens from here on out. Will they hire Doc Rivers? Definitely seems like it's leaning that way. And we'll see what they do from here on out. We also had a great trade in the NBA. We had the Miami Heat sending basically a first-round pick and bringing over Terry Rozier from the Charlotte Hornets. Now, Terry Rozier is a player who made a big difference on a couple of Boston playoff teams. He's a guy who is hot and cold, but when he's hot, he can keep your team in the game. And that's kind of the way the Miami Heat operated during last postseason. They lost Tyler Hero pretty early on, and they had Jimmy Butler, who was obviously leading the team in a very strong way, and he was playing at the absolute peak of his abilities. But you also had a barrage of different players like Gabe Vincent, Max Struess, and uh, Caleb Martin, who came up big in various different games. So sometimes it was Martin, sometimes it was Vincent, sometimes it was Struess. And then they lost Vincent. They lost Struess. They still have Caleb Martin. And we'll see what he can do again in the playoffs. They got Tyler Hero back, but they needed to replace either Vincent or Struess, and they did that with a guy who's, frankly, more reliable than both of them who has more playoff experience than both of them. And that's Terry Rozier. Rozier is a guy who would have helped a plethora of different teams. Rozier is kind of the poor man's version of a Malik Monk. He's a guy who you can stick into the lineup with virtually anybody, anyone out there. He gives you some defense. He can hit the three-pointer. He can get to the basket. He's a good player. And it's not like the Heat traded for him and he's just a short-term rental. The Heat gave up Lowry, who was, was just a corpse out there, and uh, a first-round pick, and now they have Rozier for the next couple of seasons. They, ha- they should have him this year and uh, the two ensuing years. And it's going to be on the books for about $30 million per year. The Heat gave up their draft pick, their first-round pick, but they don't really care because the Heat are, are successful at finding players at any point in the draft. They did it this past season with Jaime Jaquez. He wasn't a premier pick. He wasn't one of the top picks in the draft. Yeah, he was mid-first round, mid to late first round. But, yeah, they were able to find him. And they they were able to find guys all over the place. They still have Duncan Robinson, who they conjured out of thin air and turned into an impactful playoff player. And they'll do it again. They'll do it again. And they're not totally out of moves, it seems. They, they can still make other moves. So you're going to walk into the playoffs now. Jimmy Butler... Bam Adebayo, Caleb Martin, now you have Jaime Jaquez, you have Terry Rozier now, and this is going to be super exciting. The Heat are gearing up for another potential championship run, and it's going to be real, real, real exciting to see what they can do. Another interesting storyline that we had coming off of the 62-point Carl Anthony Towns game, where he seemingly got benched in parts of the game despite scoring 62 points, is you've had their head coach, Chris Finch, come out after the game and completely trash Carl Anthony Towns, saying that he played immature basketball. The team can't play like that. This is this is a, a repeated issue for Carl Anthony Towns. And I don't really understand what Chris Finch was doing because this is a guy who, if you're the coach of the team, you need to think a little bit along the lines of well, maybe after this guy scores 62 points and he's still young, and he's having one of the best seasons he's ever had in more of a complementary role to Anthony Edwards, is that maybe we can trade him. Maybe this is our get-out-of-the-Carl-Anthony-Towns-sweepstakes ticket. 62 points in a game. He's, he's playing really, really well this year for him, and there's going to be a team that will be willing to take a chance on him. There always is. You think Paul George can't get traded again? He gets traded again. You think James Harden... Can't command a, a hall of picks and players back again. No, he can. Harding goes to from Philly to Brooklyn. Goes from Brooklyn. He he played on on uh, on Houston. He was, and more recently, obviously, uh, going from Brooklyn to uh, to the Los Angeles Clippers. Go, sorry, going from Brooklyn, going to going to Philly, and then going to Los Angeles Clippers. You just, there's unlimited trades for these guys. Damian Lillard gets moved. when e- Kyrie Irving gets moved again and again and again and again. When these guys want out, they get moved. It's the star power in the NBA. These guys can tell you what destination they want to go to, and they can somehow make it happen. They can get there. Kyrie Irving, you didn't think any team would want him. Boom, he gets, he gets sent to Dallas, and then they re-sign him, even when some think it's a bad decision. You can find a team to take Carl Anthony Towns and give you multiple first-round picks for him. So why, as the coach of the team, would you come out and openly trash him a week and a half to two weeks away from the trade deadline? Just doesn't make any sense. I can understand wanting to knock some sense into Carl Anthony Towns, and what better time to do that when he scores 62 points in a loss, only scoring four points in the fourth quarter, airballing the final shot of the game, which had he scored that shot, that would have sent them to overtime. But you can do this in a couple of weeks. You can do this after the trade deadline. If you're still stuck with Carl anthony Towns, you can trash him to the media then. You can try to knock some sense into him in a public forum then. There was no reason for Chris Finch to bring this out into the public now and diminish his trade value. That doesn't make any sense. So I found that to be a little bit interesting. Now, let's look at the at the games from... Last night, we had the Nuggets beating the Pacers. The Pacers, again, playing without Tyrese Halliburton. So what do you really expect? The Nuggets were very hard to stop at the end of the game. But the Pacers put up a good fight. You have the Knicks beating the Nets in a game where the Nets are are slowly mastering the art of finding ways to lose in the end of the fourth quarter. They had a lead on the Knicks. Uh, Mikhail Bridges missed a very important foul shot. In turn, Jalen Brunson actually missed a very important foul shot for the Knicks going the other way. But, of course, the Knicks pulling that one out over the Nets. No surprise there in Brooklyn. On the Pelicans, you have the Jackal and Hyde Pelicans. Sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad. Which version are you going to get on a nightly basis? Nobody knows. Last night, you got the Dr. Jackal version of the Pelicans beating the Jazz by 29 points. Very, very handily. So, good job there by New Orleans defending home court. You have the Thunder beating the Trailblazers. By two points, 111, 109. And what the Trailblazers did here was just an absolute heroic stroke of genius to continue losing. Even I wouldn't be able to come up with how the Trailblazers managed to lose some of these games. This was really phenomenal. You have the Trailblazers with the lead, with the ball, in the winding seconds of the ball game. Malcolm Brogdon has the ball in his hands on the left sideline, just past half court. He dribbles, he stops. The defense is coming at him. And Malcolm Brogdon is a very experienced veteran player at this point. He has all the experience. Playoffs, regular season. He's a real vet. You should trust him with the ball in his hands at the end of the game. He makes the dumb-headed decision to dribble again. He forgot that he dribbled. In all the chaos and commotion, the defense at the end of the close game, he dribbled for a second time, gets called for a double dribble, and turns over the ball. Chauncey Billups, the uh, Trailblazers head coach, pops up and says, and gets infuriated in front of the referees and says, I called timeout. What do the referees do? They give Chauncey Billups a technical foul. Chauncey Billups doesn't stop. He gets a double tack, and he gets thrown out of the ball game. Now, what you've just turned this into, you went from having the ball being in the lead by one and potentially being able to score a two and, and put yourself up by three in the waning seconds of the ball game or hitting a three and going up by two possessions and virtually guaranteeing a victory. You go from tr- from having the ball with the lead to turning over the ball, getting a technical foul. So now you're also giving the Thunder a free throw, and then, not knowing when to calm down and getting, giving a double technical, giving the Thunder a second free throw, and now the Thunder can take the lead with the free throws and then get the ball back and win the ball game. What ended up happening was Shea Gilders alexander went to the line to shoot his two technical free throws and he missed the first one. So just think, had Chauncey Billups only gotten the first technical and not gotten the double technical. perhaps the Trailblazers still have the lead because he missed the first free throw. SGA missed the first free throw, but then he gets a second free throw and he hits it. Now the ball game is tied. Jalen Williams ends up scoring, but uh, you know, right at the end of the ball game, he ends up scoring a two point shot and of course, the thunder get the victory. The Trailblazers could not have written this one up any better than they did. Losing a game that they really had in their pocket. And for them, wins don't come very often. So they are uh, they, they are they really they really got to take advantage and win the games that they have. But it's okay. They're not really looking to win. They should fire a sale, get rid of Brogdon, get rid of uh, Jeremy Grant, get rid of whatever else they can get rid of on their team. And let's look forward to next year. Another victory for the Oklahoma City Thunder. So on the Thunder side in the Western Conference, that now puts them in a three-way tie for first place. The Thunder and the Nuggets won last night, and they were both a half a game back of the Minnesota Timberwolves, who lost that game to Charlotte, where Carol Anthony Towns scored the 62 points, and now it's a three-way tie. Three-way tie, identical three-way tie, for first place in the Western Conference. We also had the Clippers beating the Lakers. No surprise there. The Clippers are the better team. They've shown that throughout the season so far. Uh, Also, to make things further obvious, LeBron didn't play in the game. Anthony Davis had a good game. D'Angelo Russell had a good game. And he's really played pretty well up to this point in the regular season. D'Angelo Russell, although everyone's calling for his head, everyone's calling for him to be traded, he's really kind of been the shining light who's kept the Lakers in a lot of these ballgames and who's helped the Lakers win some of the games that they've won. But he seems to be the player that the Lakers fans want out right now, so that's probably what's going to end up happening. And let's turn our focus to tonight's ballgames. What do we have on the docket for tonight? We have the Hornets against the Pistons in a game that you most likely should not waste your time with. Then we have the Timberwolves going against the Wizards in Washington. The Timberwolves have got to earn back some respect and win this ballgame against Washington. They've lost their last two. If the Timberwolves now go on a three-game losing streak and include in those three games Charlotte and Washington, You will see them start to hit the panic mode. They will be out of first place in the east. Sorry, in the west. And you will start to see the panic settle in for the Timberwolves. You have the Grizzlies playing the Heat. The Grizzlies coming off a victory against Toronto in Toronto. Now they're continuing their road trip, traveling from the cold to the warmth in Miami. They'll be taking on the Heat. The Heat completing the Terry Rozier trade. Not sure if Terry Rozier will be able to play in this game. I don't think he'll be available yet, but he will be there soon. The Heat—you can never predict what they're going to do on a night-to-night basis, anyway. So Grizzlies versus the Heat should be a good one there, with the way the Grizzlies are playing right now. Then you have the Trailblazers traveling, going back-to-back. Uh, last night, I believe they were playing at home. Last night, that was where. Uh, no, they were—they were on the road. Yes, of course, they were on the road in OKC. So they lost that game, and now they're going to continue the road trip, going to Houston, where they'll probably lose another game to the Rockets. Let's see if they can do it in quite as a creative fashion as they did last night against the Thunder. Then we have the red, red, red hot Cleveland Cavaliers, winner of eight games in a row, going to face the Milwaukee Bucks, who have also won a couple of games in a row, right? The Bucks have won their last two. The Cavaliers have won their last eight. Well, one of those win streaks are going are gonna to die, We'll see, will the Bucks be rejuvenated by the firing of their head coach? Will they seem a little bit more amped up than usual? And can they dethrone the Cleveland Cavaliers, who have the longest win streak in the NBA currently? That's going to take place in Milwaukee, should be a good one. You have the Suns going to Dallas to play the Mavericks. The Mavericks kind of have the Suns number. After what they did to them in the playoffs last season, every game between these two teams is much lost must-watch television. You've got to see, will the Suns be able to keep their hot streak going? The Suns have also won a whole bunch of games in a row. The Suns are the winners of six in a row. So a lot of really big win streaks in the NBA right now. Very interesting to see. That's always good because it adds extra tension to these games. Can they continue the win streak? So the Suns going to Dallas, trying to win their seventh game in a row. Dallas with the Suns' number, especially uh, they're going to be in their home court tonight, so should be a great one between rivals Phoenix and Dallas. You have the Thunder going to take on the San Antonio Spurs, who just gave up 70 points in a ballgame, too. Joel Embiid, Thunder, should be able to handle this one in San Antonio. And then you have the Hawks just coming off a loss against the Sacramento Kings. They're going against the Warriors. Warriors haven't played in a while because of the passing of one of their assistant coaches. We'll see how they look tonight. Uh, it's really I, I guess they should come out and play with a little bit of fire because of wanting to show that you know pay some respects to their coach i would imagine that's the mindset they're going to come out with they're going to want to come out and show that they have something to play for with the rest of this season probably dedicate it to the coach who's no longer with us and we'll see if that's going to be enough to to uh, really energize this team who haven't been able to be energized by anything this season but also, it's hard to know how the passing of the coach will affect them. They haven't really been playing well this year up to this point. So we'll have to see what they look like against the Hawks, who are, again, another very inconsistent team. This one's going to be taking place in Golden State and should be a good way to round out the night with the last game. You can always contact the show at N-B-A-V-E-N-U-E. That's Avenue at Yahoo.com. Email us with your Comments and questions. You can also follow us on social at NBAV on Twitter. That's NBAVE on Twitter, NBAVE on Facebook. And you can listen to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all of the major podcast networks. We are your NBA venue for a great time every time, and we are out.